The Protect Your Neck Podcast. UFC Vegas 67 Breakdown. Picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man From a white oak tree People sitting on porches Thinking how things used to be Dark night It's a dark night Dark night It's a dark night Oh boy, let me uh, get the sip of this coffee Get the picture off the screen oh my goodness we are off the ground in 2023 what is up my friends this is the protect your neck podcast i'm your host dan tom analyst who's uh, work you can find over at mmajunkie.com as well as action network uh, this year as well as uh, i'm going to be trying to use their app there for tracking i'm going to plug that and give them another uh, proper uh, shout and plug here in a second but yes on this year program the protect your neck podcast we break down high-level MMA, and that's what we're going to do here today in my own weird way, as I tend to do. Uh, so hopefully you're listening to this, hopefully before the fights, recording this Thursday night. Um, yeah, uh, we're going to get down to it. I'm going to give you guys, as usual, what I got heading into the weekend. Um, you know, whether it's biases, fights that I haven't done full homework on, all the usual that I'm honest and upfront with, I will, of course, be forthcoming with you here to four. Uh, thank you guys for giving this video a like, piling into the chat. Um, and uh, I'm going to get this tweet out. I actually composed it a, a little bit ahead of time, which is probably why I'm a little bit late. So it's a give and take over here. Uh, I don't know if you guys are placing bets on uh, if we're going to go like five years in a row, I think, with, uh, hey, happy six-year anniversary. Woo! We're going to go five years in a row without being on Stitcher and SoundCloud, and you guessed it. Uh, I haven't had time to even cut my hair uh, since before leaving for Hawaii, so uh, no, I've not had time. There's been a lot going on. Of course, MMA, which we, we will touch on before pushing into the uh, breakdown while we're all here. Uh, Got to touch on what's going on in the scene, because it has not had any chill in 2023. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I've been doing some uh, projects uh, in between and stuff for, for Junkie and... Um, uh, we're working some things out, you know, with with the fallout included um, in between. So we'll do a quick update. Hopefully you guys are doing well. Feel free to update me. Say what's up. Pop questions, all the usual stuff right down in there in the chat. And if you're digging the show, which I just appreciate you being here. But yes, if you are here, if you're a madman or woman, feel free to give it a like, uh, subscribe to uh, comment. Uh, and contribute to the show as well. Uh, share it out. It's always good at the PYN podcast on all social platforms. You can find me at Dan Tom MMA, which I forgot to put up on here this screen because uh, I'm good like that. Let's see. Hey, there I am at Dan Tom MMA right here. Um, I gotta do the creepy th- thumb, Dan. That's that's a weird way to point. Uh, oh. Mark Fellows, my man, good to see you in 2023, my, my, my friend. What is going on? Here's to a bigger and better 2023 for DT, me, and everyone else. Yes, for you and everyone else. Uh, I appreciate the love you guys give me. It's more than I deserve. Um, I feel selfish at this point. You guys have, have been spoiling me. Again, niche audience, but a niche hardcore audience full of just hardcore good peeps, and that's that's all I could ask for. That's all I want. Uh, I, I would take this... Uh, 
you know, don't be wrong. <laughs> money be nice. <laughs> I'd say see you guys later for some for some money. No, I'm just kidding. But you know, all the stuff that tends to come with money and the the pollution of power, um, as we see and all that stuff. Uh, you know, guess it's not my speed. But you know, more money would be nice. But man, I, I could not ask for more better uh, more better listenership. Uh, I don't have fans. I have listeners. Uh, quote Anderson from the film Vault there. But goddamn, you guys are cool motherfuckers. Um, cursing warning is up. Hey, what's up, Dan? Samuel Negrete, hope you are well in 2023, sir. Going to give this a share, and I'm going to roll in. Thank you guys for uh, rolling in and, uh, you know, just showing love and all that stuff. It's uh, It is fantastique. Um, Got to navigate my way through the YouTube pages like the boomer that I am, and uh, I'll share this and we'll be good. Uh, at least I don't got to type this out. Hopefully you guys, uh, you know, if you're not a uh, Jewish, anti-religious, or whatever, if you're a, a Santa person, you know, a Christmas person, hopefully Santa gave you all the gifts you wanted this year. Uh, I'm going to thank you guys for clicking through the uh, the feed to support this here free show here in a second as I get the link out so we can get some more people in the party. Thanks for giving this a like again and hitting the subscribe. We'll be getting the hashtag UFC Vegas 67 here shortly. Um, and we're going to be going from top to bottom as per usual, and I recap my picks and plays at the very end. If you're in a rush, um, and just I think it's good to have a recap. I feel like sometimes I'll listen to a whole show and be like, I don't even remember what they talked about, much less what they picked. You know, um, Sometimes that happens. So I recap at the end, and again, I don't blame you if you don't want to listen to me uh, or uh, agree with me or whatever or just find me displeasant. But if you like my analysis, um, you know, uh, you can go to the end there and cheat the system and deny me the analytics. So, you know, if you're going to do that, at least, like, hook me up with a like. Fair trade, fair trade. Um, so, yeah, a like or a share, those, those things are always uh, appreciated. Again, uh, never expecting you guys to agree with me on picks, much less personal views or anything like that. That's not what this show is about. Um, it's about me being me and giving you what I got and hopefully it helps you and uh, hopefully we have some fun on the way that's really it Just something you, you learn about MMA game folks is you, you learn to keep some uh, some low standards there uh, so uh, we're going to get into it but yeah thank you guys for the shouts yeah hello and what the fuck 2023 is what I have written here um, you know it, it's, it's pretty crazy uh, we had no chill like so I have this like section up and there's a bunch of stuff that's not even on here since we last spoke. Um, gambling shadiness, which like encapsul uh, encapsulates multiple things. The James Krause situation that was already in motion since I last spoke to you guys, right? Um, but more has come out since. And even just as of today, just before going live here on a Thursday on the 12th of... 112? Uh, uh, January 12th. Uh, yeah, like uh, even more stuff. Apparently Krause was working with uh, offshore sports books. Um, not good, not good. And then saw some uh, quotes from, uh, I believe it was one, uh, Jeff Molina. Uh, you know, as far as like living, leaving his uh, his version, I guess what you would like, w would imagine a book blurb, but was doing that, I guess, selling the Discord and like, oh man, just, just incriminating stuff, incriminating stuff. So it's tough, tough scenes right now. And then of course, which I'll, I'll get to as well, um, I guess related to my house because uh, he was a, a colleague in one of the houses I work at. No longer, by the way, he, uh, you know, parted ways. I guess before the the s hit the proverbial fan as it did, but uh, more for the people in the gambling Twitter hashtag. 
Uh, no, uh, Manpreet. Um, I've never had him on this show or done a podcast with him. Um, he did mention, you know, to invite me on like sometime coming this year. And man, I, I heard what most of y'all did just far as like his track record was like, uh, Nice dude, uh, you know, seemed to do pretty well, uh, you know, uh, in his spots. I don't know about his overall record of last year. Maybe it was bad now that I think about it. But, you know me, that's not how I necessarily judge somebody, more the character. And as far as the character side, uh, I guess no one saw that coming. I, I hope he's doing the right thing. Um, and, and from reports, it sounds like it. Uh, I don't want to be uh, get into the weeds too much because... A, I honestly don't have the details. I was catching up late, so I was already late to the party. Um, and B, I'm just I'm I'm not as involved, uh, thankfully, because boy, it was uh, it was craziness, you know. Because when when that stuff happens, like good people um, get their na name uh, drug in it uh, unfairly. But that is the space that we're in, and those of us who've been in this gambling space, especially MMA space, either one really, you should understand that. These are the, the dangers out there, and there's a lot of times where I do it because I'm just as, I'm no better than any of you guys, folks. Um, it's a human nature thing, so perhaps it's not a good thing, but perhaps we all do it from time to time. We look at someone else or this or that, and we're like, oh, how, how, how does this person have this? Or, you know, uh, and then maybe you think, I need to either, if I can't beat them, join them. And I know, you know, that I am leaving money on the table by not having a Patreon still and um, not, you know, doing uh, engagement things from engagement tweets all the way to contests where people are engaging with their money, right, and everything in between. I'm not really an engagement guy. Uh, unfortunately, for, for a lot of cons as well, I'm not bumping my chest here. There's a lot of, there's a lot of bad this does me, right? But I guess silver lining to some of the things that I... Uh, complain, either complain about or people complain to me about because a lot of people are in my corner and want me to do better and, and have given me some legitimate suggestions for Patreon tiers and ways to still provide free content like I've been doing for over half a decade now, uh, folks, at least in this year podcast. Thank you very much. Um, going on year seven or eight at Junkie, year eight or nine or something total or something like that. Anyways, but uh, free, free, free. And uh, even though I, I beat myself up, you know, I look at, you know, all the, the, the scams and all the stuff going on out there. And, uh, hey, man, again, you don't have to like me. I, I'm not right. I'm not going to guarantee you shit. I'm just going to give you honestly what I got, like I have been. But, uh, and again, you don't got to like, like, like me or the picks or anything in between. It's all good. It's all good. But, you know, there is a reason why uh, I am, part of me is proud to, you know, uh, be giving um, content and upholding honesty, you know, and even with uh, the insider trading stuff and this and that, like, this is the reason why I've been telling you guys since day one that, um, A, I don't put myself or people I know in this industry from coaches to whoever uh, under jeopardy by asking uh, inside the stuff that would be considered inside information. I've always stayed away from that. Um, I always avert my eyes and try to even avoid training times, even though I'm well trusted and uh, keep things inside the gym. There's just, it, I, these are the reasons why I've, I've, I've preached these things through the years as well, folks. And I've given examples of it. Uh, I know other uh, good gambling podcasts in the know. Uh, again, shouts to Paul Shag and CJ Saftik, the Dogger Pass podcast, have talked about this as well. Um, that like inside information is not even that I mean unless you know you're doing outright really shitty things most of the stuff that we deem is inside information that you could realistically uh, attain from being in the presence of uh, let's just say a gym an MMA gym or a boxing gym if we're talking boxing so on and so forth 
uh, especially in combat sports, especially with MMA and the way it's structured, like it, most of these guys bet on themselves even if they are hurt and will still win even if they are uh, seriously hurt sometimes. So there are so many times that I, I, I talk about, again, other podcasts talk about where you could have known certain things and it, would, it only would have hurt you. Because again, these fighters, most of the time, they bet on themselves, um, which, you know, is uh, is the one thing that I guess is okay on any kind of a moralistic or legal term. I know things are changing now, no betting at all. I get it. I'm not trying to say that. You get what I'm saying here, though. Um, so yeah, man. So it, it it's crappy to see this stuff, but people ask me like, "Oh my goodness, are you surprised?" Like. Because, you know, again, like, uh, I'm not jumping on the negative train and, and piling on even the, the situations that have affected me. Some negatively, like the Kraus one, uh, it's affected a lot of people negatively, so it, it, but, but not me playing a violin there, right? Um, perhaps some positively, you could say, right, with uh, a, a news that's news to you guys today. Um, back to my the seed I planted earlier, shouts to the Action Network, who... You know, we had Manpreet doing the co-main events, and he was doing a fantastic job. I think he he had, like, if you judged his record by the co-main events last year, the dude the dude killed it, I think, as far as those go. Again, not speaking to his overall, I don't know that shit. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, I was grateful enough to, you know, to, to be able to be given that opportunity by Dan and the people at Action Network, who I'm super grateful for, because as I've alluded to with you guys, like, I... I I need all the the, uh, the work and uh, help from that side of it uh, as I can get. And um, as mad as we can get at the industry and this and that, there's just some really quality people in there that seem to always be in my corner for whatever reason. So definitely thank you to all of them. You guys know who you are. Um, so again, I'm not going to cry because it, some's negative, some's positive. I, I just want to acknowledge this because I think it's important to acknowledge these things, even if they don't surprise some of us, right? Um, and uh, just thank you guys for not that you, that you guys can see, but also figure that you know, um, you know, I don't conduct myself in these ways. So that's what that way I, despite all the all the crazy mudsling that's going on on Twitter, uh, I don't know. I haven't really had too much thrown my way, which is which is nice, I guess. But um, what bums me out though is that people, um, you know. Uh, are deserve their money and don't get it, you know. Um, thank you guys for the help with the my bookie thing that was resolved. You know, got my bills paid, uh, paid to me as well. You know, uh, in that sense, right, from all the houses. So thank you guys for that. And I, for what it's worth, I did go back to that thread and other people that were sharing their stories. And I went and I liked and tagged my bookie and said thank you for helping me. Now, can you please? Look into this person's uh, again. I don't know if anything ever happened. I didn't hear any follow up from those people, but. For what it's worth, I tried to keep that same energy. And rounding back, before we push on to the breakdowns here and tying kind of a bow on the gambling things, um, I think I still follow. Um, I think I still have a follow for like Manpreet. Uh, and if you haven't seen me like jumping on, piling on, even if it was like deservedly so, it's not because he doesn't deserve it or it's not right or whatever. Like, more than welcome to do that. Um, I don't have any connection to the guy. I, I don't have anything like that. So it's definitely not nothing. I'm trying to protect him. Back to pe wanting people getting their money, though. I feel like if I, especially not someone super visual, but more visual, right, in the space, start getting on that and just, like, blackballing, making the dude feel even more blackballed, I feel like, if this makes sense, folks, I don't know if I'm making sense, um, 
I feel like that'll only make somebody run away and not come back and make things right. And I, I want the dude to make things right. Regardless, if you want to forgive him or not, that's I don't give a shit about that. That's that's all up to you guys. I just want the people that are owed money to get their money. You guys know me. That's kind of it's kind of my thing. Uh, I don't know if that's social justice warrior or whatever. I just like I just like I just like seeing people get screwed, man. That's all. That's all it is. So I'm gonna keep that same energy as best I can, and wanted to acknowledge that, right? Because a lot of a lot of a lot of things go unacknowledged in the space, and I get it. I get why people get mad at that. Um, we also had uh, Bonner. That was really sad, man. Um, and I'm not going to get Sean Strickland on you guys, um, who we'll talk about here in a bit. But, um, you know, I dare say I could understand the sentiment. Do, do I uh, agree with every word <laughs> of anybody, much less a Sean Strickland? Of course not. But I understand that sentiment of everybody pretending to care and like it's a surprise when those of us in the know, and I'm not even someone in the know, and even I knew. The guy was having the hard times, man. I saw him... You know, I, I saw him like multiple times in this career, you know, like uh, when he stopped doing commentary as much and wasn't fighting. I don't even it was like before he even signed back on with Bellator. Right. It was that brief period between Silva and Bellator. And, um, you know, I was working at uh, Whole Foods and uh, cashiering part of the time there. And I, I remember seeing him coming through my line occasionally and just real quiet. It looked like just, you know, just like almost just like I got like the real re retired like dad vibes from him. Just like real, you know, just looked a uh, well-to-do citizen. No one was really noticing him. And uh, I don't like giving people attention or do do doing that awkward thing or make much less at a, at a place of work or the gym. You know, those are the places I do at least. But, you know, I, I, I just did like a real casual. Like, oh, how's it going, Stefan? And uh, you could tell he did the, someone, oh, oh, like he was almost surprised someone knew his name. I'm like, yeah, you in my mind, I figured he would, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, out of the spotlight for a minute, maybe he, he kind of lost that muscle for it or whatever, and just super, no, you know, just not that he ever came off as a you know, super crazy ego or anything, but like, you know, uh, yeah, just super cool dude. And then, you know, you fast forward, Bellator stint, that ends, tries to do pro wrestling, however many back injuries this is. Um, could tell he was, you know, having substance issues with something because he came in the studio, uh, MMA Junkie Radio, back when we were still doing that in the studio with Baroni. And they were doing pro wrestling and, like, even, like, a fight when I cornered uh, my guy Rodney James uh, opposite of uh, the guy in the UFC right now, Josh Quinlan, who's KO and everybody. Um, they even, like, that, that ex-MMA show or whatever here in Vegas um, that I was cornering, like, during their intermission, like, Stefan and Baroni even did, like, a pro wrestling, like, skit. Um during the intermission but I, I even I remember even before that uh, in the studio he just I don't know if he'd been up all night and that was part of it too but uh, man he just did not seem well and I, as a guy who's always been a fan of Stefan because I was a tough noob folks that's where I came in you know I, mean, I was aware of the sport from the late 90s or even mid 90s but as far as when I was actually honestly following and being honest with you guys I was, I was a tough noob is when I uh, by the time I actually got familiar and committed to being a a fan of uh, this this circus, right? And uh, and yeah, man, that was just you know, um, it's just sad when you see it. And the guy clearly needed help, and I don't know the situation, so. Um, but yeah, obvious condolences, and I don't want to you know I don't want to be heavy-handed and do like you know anything performative or be considered performative because I get it. But I just wanted to share that, and um, and again. It ties into, also, you know, shouts to Victoria Lee gone too soon, and I don't know the situations on that. 
I'm not going to dare speculate, but again, let's just go back to the Bonner thing for a say. This this ties into a lot of the stuff that, you know, I'm not going to, you know, be a Johnny come lately like uh, Strickland was calling people out with the Bonner thing, but in some, my defense, something that I, I keep the same energy on, folks, what do I say year in and year out, right? I said it when I before I saw you guys last, last year, I said, this is the time of year it's really tough on people. Um, even people you wouldn't, you wouldn't think it'd be tough on, if that makes sense, as cruel as that sounds. But you know what I'm saying. The, the least you'd expect. You know, so you be, be sure to check in on people and make sure people are doing all right, you know, in your life and stuff. And uh, it's, it's really important, man. It's really important. Um, of course, we have the Dana White slap. Jeez, I mean, check in on your life, check in on your wife, you know. I mean, oh my goodness, I mean. Uh, who's the victim here, you know, geez, um, yeah, between the comments, obviously the comments are despicable, um, you guys don't need me, um, I shouldn't need to be getting on, any, and I'm not getting on any high horse, because you shouldn't need to get on a high horse to say you, you don't hit women, uh, I know, crazy, um, but, uh, again, MMA, man, MMA, you know, whether it's a, a dictator, um, a sex trafficker like Andrew Tate, who's been proven, to have done this stuff, I, I Dana, I get he's been an icon, this or that, you know. Um, I love Dana in the early days, man, especially like you know following him and this and that, and like, and being here in Vegas in the industry, and whether I was valeting, parking cars, working security at that uh, Stone Temple Pilots 40th birthday he had back in the day. Um, him and his wife were trash then too. They were a lot, you know. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, there was none of that. He tipped me in a, a, you know, a bunch of money, and I bought a PlayStation with that. And I share that story. Everybody has these stories of Dana. And that's a great way to get goodwill. And it could be a tactic people use. I'm not saying he did. Uh, I'm just saying that regardless of what you speculate, the man has obviously changed in many ways and not for the better. And, and yeah, man, I think that a lot of people right now, I'm not going to get too hung up on this. I know a lot of my colleagues are... Uh, they're either going off and and, 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 and and just, you know, really railing into it or, like, shying away from it. Um, obviously, I prefer people talking about it and, and acknowledging it is huge. I mean, if me, a dummy who, like, doesn't follow sports, but every time somebody like a Kyrie Irving does something, uh, somebody who, like, purposely tries to avoid news and other news and other sports and do doesn't care, like... I feel like I'm always made aware of every domestic abuse, whether it's like, you know, Kyrie Irving, the dude, the Ray Rice in the elevator. What was the other NFL guy where it was like against the kids? And we're not even talking about like back in my day where I grew up and that was a little, a little more normal. Not that it was right. I'm just saying it was sadly a little more normal. I'm talking about like semi-recently mid mid late aughts. Peterson, Peters, some guy. I forget. Like why, why are these names stuck in my head? But when, you know, a really important pre like president, all of a sudden it's bad for the media to it's bad for the MMA media to report on the MMA president when any other athletes and all these, you know, pick your situation, you know. Um, again, same energy. So you guys should know where I stand on that. I'm not going to beat it with a dead horse. I shouldn't have to beat it with a dead horse. Um, but yeah, man, whether, you know, it, it's Dana, which, again, not right to defend him here, even by his own words, by the way, not right to defend him, which is another crazy thing. But I understand the Dana fandom more than the Tate fandom. The Tate fandom, I don't get. Like, this dude's the biggest poser. Um, except when it comes to actual things like he's being accused of. Uh, yeah, and, you know, and, and showing proof of. So, 
Dude, it's just... Can MMA just chill? Can we just stop, like, gravitating toward terrible people or people doing terrible things or terrible people doing terrible things or any of the combinations? Can we just chill on that? Because um, I'm going to try to and focus on the fights here in a second. I know, thankfully, we got Aldo helping a uh, helping Balzanaro uh, over there stage a coup and, you know, take money from, and his, his wife involved in something, you know, taking money from the poor. And she would have got away with it, too, if it wasn't for you meddling leftists. Uh, according to her, so just, just, just craziness. Uh, Anthony Rocco assaulting cops right, apparently right before he's about to give the goods on Kayla and Ali. Like, what's going on there? We got Jake Shields versus Mike Jackson. I don't even want to. Yeah, that's just. Uh, oh my goodness. Uh, you know, hopefully they can go get paid and not, you know, do it at the PI if that's what those dudes want to do. Um. Yeah, man, it's been freaking crazy. That's like since we last spoke, folks. So, all you know, positive news. Actually, network thing, six-year anniversary of this podcast. Yay! But um, but man, there's just been some some craziness. So before I move on to uh, uh, shouts, Amazon read and the breakdown, uh, I'm just gonna clean up the chat to see who's joining us. We got Dan Urban in the house. By the way, shout out to Couchside Judges. I loved that 10-7 episode. We talk about the 10-7 a lot. Uh, I sullied my 10-7 information on my last Stop By podcast, the only one of last year, with Dan Urban's uh, co-host, Scott Fontana. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, uh, their 10-7 episode was, was really good. And I will say, I will say, Dan, um, I think that uh, I don't want to do any spoilers because I want – there's really great information everyone needs to go listen to. But uh, I believe uh, – I said this publicly on this podcast – and to my fellow uh, media compadres like uh, Dan and Scott, that uh, I believe that it is important to have the language in there of, um, you know, w- deeming on when a round should be stopped. And they actually go through all the 10 sevens, uh, unanimous 10 eights that could have been considered 10 sevens, and they go through all these different scenarios. And again, I'm not going to do a spoiler, but uh, I would argue, I would argue, again, we could talk about language. I know Scott, his co host, is a, is a language guy. He's better the language stuff than I am always can improve the language surely but I do believe that's an important metric to have and I, I think that episode kind of um, proved me right there but more importantly um, gives you a better understanding and landscape and history of the 10-7 so please go check out that episode and, and, and give them a subscribe man Couchside Judges it'll balance out whatever uh, your thoughts are and this and that it's good to have uh, thoughts to bounce off of um yeah we all need more money with these pay-per-view prices going up that's for sure but uh i definitely do not want to steal from anybody to get that more money uh ghost phantom in the house what's up dan what's going on ghost phantom james kendrick uh truly bad people coming out of the woodwork to show they are bad people supporting dana when he said it's inexcusable i mean that's the funny part is is the man himself um you know said it's inexcusable and and you know say what you will about his connections in the media and say what you will about the lack of punishment and his acceptance of lack of punishment. Uh, he's getting more in front of it than the people that are defending him, which is just kind of blows me away somehow. Usually it's not like that. Um, Rain Lamina, the Bobby Green of me and Keith Jardine, the Derek Minner of having a Drew P winner. <laughs> Dana White is the champion of slap fight. Blames it and his wife, I say, I don't know, I lost you there, buddy, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, I, I, I will not be watching or covering that, though, uh, surprise, surprise, folks, Congrapolis Rosen, 
Does the silly start of the year remind me of the political nonsense that your colleagues decided to ignore to support their beloved Rose? I mean, mental gymnast. We could do mental gymnastics, to be honest, and and parlay that across to a lot of things and a lot of criticisms on, on the media. But I think that you know whether we're talking about the Stephen A. Smith media uh, or um, smaller time media, and I mean that respectfully, but it's just true with people. And I, I'm well within and low on that totem pole, by the way, within that space. But like MMA media, um, yeah, I mean, you could see, you know, money talks, I think. It's something that we didn't, again, these are things that shouldn't surprise us, not to sound like dour and cynical. But uh, here's a media newsflash, folks. Money, money talks or money silences, right? I mean, money doesn't just talk, it also silences. So it depends where you're in line with money. And I get it. I am a part of the media. Um, we just talked about it at the top of the show. Uh, that's not the only time I've had colleagues that do stuff that I dis- I and you or the general we have disapproved of, right? Um, heck, I've even been super critical of my colleagues and said some really passionate uh, things on here in past, uh, around that time a, few, a couple of years ago, right? Uh, to, uh, who was that? Combopolis Rosen was that? Um... But yeah, um, <clears throat> so it, it puts us in funny spots. So part of me does have a sympathy, you know, um, for some, right? Uh, but uh, it's, I, I think it should be clear to you guys, right? Kind of what things are. So, you know, as much as I complain and struggle and pull my hair out about being an independent contractor, it would be nice to have benefits. Um, for sick time and, and um, uh, more vacation time, although I do get some from Junkie. Thank you very much. Uh, or, or these traditional benefits, if you were, the dentals, the vision, all those things. Oh, yeah, I wish I had the vision. I need new glasses soon. Um, of these things with a full-time gig, but with a full-time gig comes a lot less freedoms, right? And that's a given. And if you're just working at, you know, Joe's Pizza Shop, or whatever, which is totally fine. Believe me, I would love to work at a Joe's Pizza, a mom and pop restaurant, part of me, and just tune out of all this stuff. It's fine. I'm not dissing on that, but I'm just saying, um, at least your politics, uh, work politics, are confined to that one thing. But instead of Joe's Pizza Shop, it's a wide-branching uh, news media outlet that covers a pretty big section of things. A little tough, a little tougher, right? So, yeah. Sorry, I'm a little, uh, <laughs> All right, rain lamina here. The James Krause of Bet in the House. Oh, easy. And the, oh, okay. I'm not going to read that part. <laughs> the rain lamina, he almost got me. Almost got me. Uh, congrats on six years of the PYM, my man. Only started listening 2020. Got me hooked ever since. Thank you, Ghost Fam. You've been a, a great addition uh, to the part of the, these shows, to be honest. So I appreciate it. Uh, Define grappling damage. Yeah, it's, it, I agree. They need to define grappling damage. That's something else I've talked about um, as far as metrics. And uh, as much as I complain about all of our own inconsistent kind of things where we kind of choose to highlight grappling on certain parts, if, to Dan's point, that he actually makes really well and stomps on really well, I agree with, by the way. Uh, speaking of language changes, if they define that better, something I've been champion for, too, as far as metrics for grappling that fits under the same thing Dan's talking about. But, yeah. 
Definitely think we need that. All right, shout out to D loves underscore turmeric underscore tonic on Instagram, thetumerictonic.com. Use code protect15 for 15% off. That's a friendly affiliate. Um, really good dude over there. So I just wanted to give them some love. Uh, real quick, Amazon reads, and we'll be on to the breakdown. I know it was a long intro, but we didn't have a recap, so we're kind of getting to it, you know, uh, to the breakdown uh, to the normal time. And we won't be too long on the breakdown. Uh, knock on wood. All right, of course, this is a free show, like I said. That being said, there are ways to contribute. Uh, I believe the Super Chat is up, so if you want to donate, it doesn't matter, as you guys can see. Um, I got great rapport with the chat, and read off your guys' stuff regardless. Uh, there also is a new thing, I believe, called the Super Thanks, so even if you're not catching this show live, I believe there should be a Super Thanks option somewhere around the window uh, if you want to tip the show. Or maybe you don't want to tip the show like, okay, let, all right, all right, all right, glasses, mixed let's see how your picks do first. Maybe I actually come through for you this week, not that you should be blindly tailing me, by the way. Uh, you should use my analysis, take what you like, discard what you don't, a little Jeet Kune Do there, if you will. But if you're feeling generous and I helped you, you can always come back and do it that way. If you don't want to do it through a secure PayPal link, which not only can you find on my link tree at DanTomMMA on Twitter, where I'm most active, but MixedMarshallAnalyst.com, the website, my website, the sports this year program, that's MixedMarshallAnalyst.com. You go there. Not only do you find a library of the shows for smartphone-friendly players, for those of you complaining that we don't have Stitcher or SoundCloud yet, I'm not, I think I'm going to have to just outright pay someone to do it for me, folks, to be honest. Stay tuned. Um, or jump at me if you think you're that person for that job. Uh, but uh, you will find, if you go toggle to the right uh, down, you will find... a. Uh, Amazon on it, click through as well as a secure PayPal donation link. So multiple ways there, multiple ways to uh, support the show um, that is free and will remain free and has been free for over half a decade producing content for you. Uh, speaking of those click throughs, um, the on it stuff does not list a, what's getting bought, um, but the Amazon one does. Now it does not give me your personal information. So you want to do a little David Carradine. That's right, it's 2023. I still haven't dropped it. You want to have yourself a little David Carradine one night in Bangkok, if you know what I mean, right? No one's going to judge you. You want to buy the silky, huh? huh? The, the, the non-irritable rope, the vibrating nunchucks, however you get down in pound town. Uh, I won't judge you. This is a judgment-free zone. All, all are welcome here. Just make sure you click the link. I will pontificate on your purchase. Perhaps make some inappropriate jokes because I have the maturity of a nine-year-old but there is no judgment here. No one will know it's you. That's MixedMarshallAnalyst.com. And uh, we're going to go see what people bought. Someone bought a Bosch and Lom Boston Advanced Conditioning Solution. All righty. Uh, awesome. Hopefully it conditions well. Um, I'm really bad with uh, knowing about the hair stuff. Everyone compliments my hair, but you'd be surprised how often... Uh, how often I watch this bad boy? Dan, why are you outing yourself? Somebody got blue buffalo life protection formula. Natural, adult, small breed, dry dog food, chicken and brown rice. Ooh, nice. Okay. Um, got a got a doggy there. Uh, pet lovers, always welcome on the show. Thank you very much. Someone got Black Adam in 4K. Is that the superhero movie where The Rock comes in and makes everybody wear terrible shoes? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, someone got Bissell Honey Blossom No Rinse Dog Shampoo. Okay, yeah, I think we had that, read that. The Adario Cello Turner, uh, Cello Tuner and Bass Tuner. 
uh, Eclipse uh, headstock tuner. Thank you for buying that piece of equipment. Appreciate that. Uh, somebody bought 4K uh, Rocky the Knockout Collection. Wow, that wasn't that wasn't cheap because it's the 4K and it's the collection. Wow. Does it include uh, bonuses like uh, Rocky talking about his yeah, my sexual escapades with Mickey? Everything got a little cloudy after that, and, you know. I just uh. Dan, what version of Rocky did you watch? I don't know, but maybe it's on there. Thank you for for buying that. Uh, Nexi Go controller for Switch, uh, Switch Lite, uh, OLED Bluetooth. Okay, that looks awesome. Um, love those OLED TVs, by the way. Somebody got uh, 4K Maverick. I heard that's good, by the way. I heard that's really good. Uh, 4K uh, The Northman. I watched that finally. Uh, I, I I enjoyed it. You know, so Willem Dafoe doing crazy stuff. I'm always down for that. I saw a tweet. This girl was like, going to see the Northmen, and let me state that I'm going solely for Willem Dafoe doing weird stuff, not the white supremacy, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, but I'm not, you know, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much uh, uh, Viking is in me or anything, clearly. I, 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 I'm more of a drunk Irish peasant, probably, because uh, my Caucasian blood, uh, most of it, uh, although I thought it would be Italian, only very little bit of that, and uh, Irish and Nordic in there, but... Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't feel like uh, any of those dudes. Although I appreciated the mushroom scenes, I probably feel like a lot of things if uh, I got on that level with those dudes. I really enjoyed the uh, enjoyed the movie though for what it was worth. I'm not a film person or anything like that, so you should not really care about my opinion too much, honestly. Groundhog Day, thirtieth uh, edition. Has it really been that long? Wow, 4K. Thank you for buying that. Energizer one two three. Lithium photo battery, 12 battery pack. Um, Switch mini pro controller, wireless for Nintendo. I'm guessing that was the uh, Mexico person who bought that. So thank you very much for those of you who clicked through. That helps. And I want to put, I believe there's an on it sale right now. Like I bet, I think everything's like, like up to like 50% off right now. Probably because they want you to go to the gym and be the new you and go seize the day. Damn, why are you making that weird voice? I don't know, but if that's your thing and you like their stuff, um, yeah, you could uh, kick somebody back to this podcast to no cost to your own. Just use the links. MixedMarshallAnalyst.com. All right, finally, we're going to get to the, the, the breakdowns here. Uh, we're going to get to the breakdowns here. Um, da, 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 da. I don't know if they'll ever define non-leveraging shots, but you, you know how to get my buttons going, James Kendrick. Uh, Makoto Kayagoku want to get your opinion on this if a fighter has repetitive habits and still wins fights is that fighter objectively a good fighter or is that bad fighters that don't know how to exploit the spam I would go with the latter and I, I don't want to be reductive or disrespectful and I know that falls under that um, and if I had time uh, I'm sure it wouldn't actually be too hard to come up with a bunch of examples of that on multiple levels including high levels where fighters can get high, high level especially in not as deep divisions until they're figured out and once they're figured out they kind of remain that way right so the more test is to see how they are once they're figured out regardless of success they find in that initial run that you're talking about that's just my opinion of course who cares about that i mean obviously you do and i appreciate you and some other y'all do you know what i mean I'm, you know it's just my opinion i'm not reading this from a book of answers all right 38 50 UFC Vegas 67, uh, UFC Imavov Strickland was supposed to be 
Gastly me move off, which would have been interesting. I don't know. Maybe I still, you know, maybe I would have ended up uh, on the fa- on the uh, the favorite still. But uh, spoiler alert, I guess my breakdown's already out. MMA Junkie, as well as a co-main betting write-up at Action Network. Appreciate you sharing and checking out both of those. Um, but yeah, I think the number. I don't know how long that opener lasts, but they opened it pretty wide. Like I would have been tempted on those Gastlim dog odds, regardless of pick. Um, though it sounded like Gaslin was working through a myriad of injuries till you know he got that final mouth one, so uh, perhaps it is good. And even though again I don't know how good because you know, you know the UFC matchmakers man they just love themselves. I don't know if there's any heavyweight um, on the fights on this card or on the main card, but they love themselves featuring light heavyweight and middleweight fights. So middleweights at light heavyweight they're just like. They're probably still, you know, um, you know, coming down. Uh, they're probably still in refractory mode, if you know what I mean. You know, um, yeah. Well, why have Dan Ige or Damon Jackson on there? You know, these reliable lower weight guys. Nope. Let's. Uh, anyway, sorry, folks. Um, no heavyweights on the main card because there's no heavyweights on the card at all. Um, yeah, and and again. Because they love having middleweights on the card, we'll get to uh, Puna versus Kapilov third way down. But it's Sean Strickland, Dan Ige, Puna Soriano. They trying to kill my guy Eric Nixick here. Like I know the Strickland one was impromptu, but they were already gonna put fucking his two Hawaiians back to back, you know, and, and kill his uh, warm up organization there possibly. No, not really. There's plenty of good people. You got uh, Gifford on the pads, who I imagine will be warming up Ige while Puna is out there and already properly warmed up from Eric. And uh, we'll get to this fight right now with Strickland and Imavov. Obviously, regardless of my picks, which I don't always, I won't today. See if you can figure out which one, if you haven't already. Um, I won't always pick against Extreme Couture fighters, but I will always state my inherent uh, and admitted biases. As small and as negligible, to be honest, for the most part, as, as they are. But we can say that we have no biases. The truth is we do. Again... You know, hopefully you didn't consider it a waste of time, but the reason why it took so much time to talk about all that stuff in the beginning because acknowledging things is important. It's the very least we could do. Um, Danny Betts, what's up on getting on? Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I, I think I saw some love from you on Twitter. I appreciate that, too. I'm still getting back to messages on there, man, my man, but I appreciate that, Danny Betts. Thank you, sir. Um, Do-do-do-do. Thank you. I already got Dre. Oh, my man Drake Riggs. Yep, you got his opinion as well. All right. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see. This is uh, related, so I'll answer this one. It's related to Strickland Imovov, which we're on. My apologies in advance, Ghost Phantom 98 says, uh, for the negativity, but I am not looking forward to Strickland parrying jabs with his hands down by his nipples while he stands on one leg leaning back. Yeah, um... UFC has not had enough of them though. They they, they love them in, in main events. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> I want to quote my man Fenyo again, which you guys, listeners of the pod, know where I'm going with that. Uh, although I will say, uh, reformed technically, but yeah, UFC loves loves a certain type, right? Uh, and um, you know, and Strickland Strickland's a madman. You know, um, you know he he doesn't train traditionally. Maybe that'll help him here. Um, Maybe that'll help him here, you know? But, like, it's tough, man, because lest we not forget, he's coming off of a 25 battle with with Jared Cannonier, who 
was attacking at all three levels, so the legs, to the body, and the head, right? Um, 25 minutes, win or lose, right? And I didn't study that matchup in depth, but the pick I submitted to Toutmaster was Cannoneer, and even though I was right, I technically scored it um, for Strickland, but it just was by the thinnest of margins. I could have gone either way. It was one of those fights you can't be mad literally either way. It's not a cop-out. It's just one of those fights that's that close. Um, yeah, man, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, I, I'm not too excited for this one either, but I am looking forward to hopefully seeing more from Imavov, and I think Strickland's a great fighter for that because he is durable and hard to hit and hard to deal with. Um for the most part, with a lot of fighters. And uh, I just don't know what condition he's coming in, right? It's like, not only for picking Strickland or picking this fight, but even predicting, you know, um, okay, probably he's going to go over, but is it? Like, not only is Imavov shown to flag sometimes in three-round fights, but again, we don't know what kind of condition Strickland is coming in, you know? Uh, according to social media, his social media is that he's been out, you know, out of state and, or back home in California working on his boat, up in the mountains, you know, it's supposed to be snowboarding this weekend, um, you know, it's got a bunch of stuff going, you know, is he just, uh, you know, racking up the, get, get, getting a nice payday to compile on, you know, and really just start himself off really nicely to end the year, you know, these nice paydays back to back, you know, got some contract incentive, you know, as well, maybe a bump in pay, I ain't hating, man, get what you can, but we don't know these things, right? Whereas Imavov, say what you will about his potential cardio, he was training for the five rounds. And Imavov, who uh, I've said this in past Imavov breakdowns of mine, where I think part in parcel of the reason it'd be interesting to see him in these five round fights is because I think he cuts a lot of weight. He's a really big middleweight. He cuts a lot of weight. Um, he's a sizable dude. And uh, now he doesn't have to cut the weight, though, because Strickland coming in last minute, they moved this to 205 pounds. So. You got a guy probably in the best shape of his life preparing for a main event showcase of five rounds. Now he doesn't have to cut the weight. I mean, he's going to be prime as ever. You know, if Imovov ever has a chance of going late, being able to win late and or you know um, win a five round decision, even though this is his first one, maybe this is his best window. All all, all these things contextually considering. As far as the matchup goes. Um, I think the, the directionality is going to be interesting. Both guys have been pushed to the back before, uh, but Strickland more traditionally has that gear where he's circling and countering, and he's much more content and comfortable and operational from there. Uh, for all any perceived flaws you might want to say about that style, uh, whereas Imovov has actually gotten much better at taking initiative and pressuring and taking center. So I expect the I expect the directionality to be in Imovov's favor for this fight. Um, he seems to have a good feel for range and distance and some good initial first layer head movement and can use that off countering when he really feels and is rolling and, and feeling his his groove, so to speak. But because he has low hands, he is A, uh, not beyond getting countered with a hard shot on the way in, kind of like what uh, from, from the rear hand, kind of like what we saw Strickland look like he dropped Hermanson with, but it was more of a slip. Um... And conversely, on the back foot, when an exchange is extended, he will kind of get pushed to the back foot, to the cage in a straight line a bit. And again, with the low hands, Imavov that is, he'll be open to shots there for when Strickland wants to blitz if he wants to get more aggressive. I think he could find success there. 
Being said, Imavov has a decent jab of his own. He moves well off it, and he also hooks well off it. He looks like he's got some decently heavy hands that you really could be kind of getting the feel for. Um, and maybe we see that even more without him having to cut weight. Maybe that's even more of a thing, right? Uh, seems to be really getting a feel for himself. Do I think he has the highest ceiling in the world? You know, am I buying that forge in the fires of Dagestan? Like, no, he's an MMA Factory France fighter. You know, he's got that French Muay Thai swagger more than anything that you see from other his stablemates like a, a Cyril Gan, maybe, a, you know, a little bit of that swagger. Uh, I will say he's really good in the clinch uh, as well. Um, natural feel for it as far as framing for elbows and knees. Uh, Strickland is no slouch in the clinch. I think he's criminally underrated wrestling-wise. But as far as scoring and staying active... Um, it should be Imavov so long as he doesn't tire himself out during so later in the fight or isn't compromised in some other fashion, right? Like, he should be the way more active guy there. So, I think him, Imavov's kind of tendency to crash into the clinch isn't necessarily a bad thing. What I do wonder and worry about, though, back to the gas tank, is wondering how much he'll parlay that in the takedown. Sometimes his natural kind of in and out coming in, he'll kind of crash in the distance and he'll keep level changing uh, takedowns in his back pocket that he usually doesn't get, to be honest, and usually will just use to drive his opponents to the fence to either control, work, get the takedown, or strike there. I guess what I'm wondering is how much he'll be trying for those takedowns, how much effort he puts in to set takedown looks, even for the ones he's using to reset, because I think he could run into trouble there trying to out-wrestle Strickland. Really, outside of Kamara Usman, no one has really out-wrestled Strickland um, at either of his two stints at middleweight for the most part and, and welterweight, again, outside of Usman, right, which is understandable. So, again, Strickland quietly underrated there. So I, if if Imovov, you know, if Strickland looks decent and he's pacing himself, like I suspect he will because he does when he's preparing for five-round fights, I imagine Strickland's going to prepare himself if he doesn't. Uh, or, you know, pace himself if he doesn't. So if Strickland's pacing himself and letting Imovov tire himself out, and Imovov's kind of running into a wall. He's not getting close to a finish, and Strickland seems okay, and he's wrestling a lot. You might want to look at that Str that Strickland uh, line live. I think all the value here is on Strickland. That I'm not saying anything crazy here, folks. Um, with my bias, that's that the market's saying the same thing. That's why he didn't... That dog number didn't last on him for long. So um, a lot of the value, like we'll talk about, and the next fight has been perhaps bet out. You might want to look uh, at betting him live if you like the American side. I, on the other hand, officially steered away from my extreme couture bias, and I picked Imovov, and by decision, which made me even more reluctant than I already am on what's a semi-reluctant pick to start. Um, again, I just think that Strickland, if he paces himself, uh, well, he doesn't really get out of second gear, which might not tire Imovov. And if he paces himself even further, worried about gassing out and opening himself up, um, well then, perhaps Imovov, well that'll either just open Imovov to either get the finish, which is a possibility depending on what condition Strickland comes in. And, and he's very durable, very tough, but we don't know what condition he's in, right, folks? This isn't, you know, think about how excited even, you know, even though I picked Makachev, but, you know, I'm a big Bobby Green fan. And, and all these guys who took it on short notice and were, our veterans and this and that, like, um, we get excited and we build these cases and that's what these promotional videos and the promotion wants you to do. But at the end of the day, how often do these short notice stand-ins really do well, you know? Um, even on the higher, more proven levels. It's, it's not often, man. And uh, as much as uh, it'd be, you know, great to have my home gym take another W, 
I got to try to be honest here. Otherwise, what good is my word as an analyst? What good is my word here? Um, I got to be as honest and uh, evidence-based as possible. So going to go with Imovov by decision with the possibility he can get a finish. But betting value is and was, uh, I believe, on Strickland. Perhaps some live opportunities. Uh, oh, and throwing a million jabs and parrying off it. Yes, Ghost Fan. Yep. Um, let's see. Let's see what Rain Lamin has got this time. The Max Holloway of boating on a bay when confronting pictures of Dustin Poirier. Don't be silly. Jump the gilly with Yuri. Oh, my God. Uh, you guys are funny. Okay, next fight, Dan Ige. What we got here? Um, let's see. Oh, by the way, the odds. Sorry. Excuse me. Uh, Imavov minus one thirty, Strickland plus one ten. Okay. Plus money back on Strickland, depending on where you look. But you know what I mean. Um, you know, over options, depending on what round overs. Uh, they offer, you know, I don't hate, but uh, it's not something I'm, this is not a fight I'm rushing to bet. Um, next fight, uh, broke this one down via the Action Network for the betting angles. Um, Dan Ige, minus 125. Damon Jackson, Walt Goggins, baby, plus 105. Jackson actually opened as a minus 160 favorite. Ige opened plus 140. The market was quick to correct that. I'm, I'm, I'm bummed I missed out on that, but now, as I said in my article, the, you know, despite my pick plays and biases, um, the betting value, you know, to use that dreaded word, shouts to Joey O, Joey Odessa, uh, is trending toward Jackson now. Obviously, now if you can find Jackson at plus money, you don't gotta make an argument to me. I won't argue with you if you want to use the value argument. It's right there. The guy opened minus 160. You now get him at plus money. It should be no matter how you cut it. It should be a competitive fight on paper. Unless Ige, who is the more likely of the two, gets an abrupt and early finish. Should be a competitive fight no matter how you cut it, right? Totally justified. Totally not denying that. Um, I guess I'll just say that I still ended up playing uh, Ige. Uh, I got some of these plays in just before because uh, to reorganize some house stuff and whatnot. Um... I think the article is minus 120, but uh, being straight with y'all, I got uh, 1.25 units for minus 125 uh, on them. Um, I still played it. You don't got to follow me off that cliff. I'm obviously biased. And I believe that if you do like Ige, regardless of my bias or ways that I'm going, um, there's a better way you can get a better line, which perhaps is live. Win or lose, Ige always gives up. It's traditionally the second round, but it can be the first, and then he'll win the second. It's kind of like... He'll, he'll, he'll lose one and win, win the other regardless of how the fight goes, win or lose. And again, win or lose, he does this, and it's going to be a competitive fight. You're going to sweat either way if you play this, especially right if you're, you're, you're following me playing Ige. Um, you could just not expose the 1.25 like I did to win a unit. Maybe expose half, half the amount and still win a unit or more by waiting for a possible plus number. If, let's say, Jackson gets him down in round one, or even two, and Ige, fairly, you're fairly confident uh, he got round one, or there's a decent chance he got round one. Um, you know he's going to rally hard. Um, 
then maybe you go look over the live lines, see what they're posting on Danny. Maybe you want to take a little sprinkle and a little flyer. Again, it's a competitive fight, and a lot of the value has honestly been bet out of it. I don't think there's any denying that, no matter which side you're on. Maybe not the Jackson side. You've got the value now. You know what I'm saying. Um, but essentially, I like Dan Ige here. Like, they have a lot of the similar, different styles, but they have similar weaknesses. Um, they're going to have a tough fight if they're not the better wrestler. And they are both susceptible to uppercuts, body shots, and anti-grappling upward strikes. Ige a little more obvious with his stature and his style. Um, but Jackson more so because, you know, uh, he really... Um, Head hunts and shells hard and shells a lot harder, with less footwork and defensive movement. Um, so body shots, uppercuts, and left hands seem to be uh, something that's really open for um, Damon Jackson, and that is Ige's mo. You know, whether it's collar tie left uppercuts, um, shifting left uh, shovel hooks, left hooks, straight up uppercut hook returns from orthodox left hooks from orthodox coming forward and off the counter and obviously all the body work that Ige has been religiously doing that unfortunately went overlooked in fights like this fight against Emmett which was deceptively close you can actually make a real good argument for Ige winning that that's not my bias speaking that was a close fight you look at who he's facing future title challengers like Emmett or Yves Loev right um, guys that nobody want to face you know whether it's you know it's the late-stage, hard-hitting, big gorilla like Emmett or, you know, the no-name, undefeated wrestling Russian. Um, so you got to look at that 0-3 skid versus that 4-0 skid coming in, right? Which is probably what the lines seem to be set off of, right? Not, not that I can't see a world where Jackson opens as a slight favorite, but again, keyword maybe slight favorite, maybe like minus 1 and 15 105 although to be honest i feel like it should at least be ega open minus 115 jackson 105 uh anywhere upwards of that would have been fine i mean not too wide obviously but i just i'm saying i still don't think they got the favorite right but i'm just saying that that wide you almost wonder if they were basing the matchup off of that now jackson is in the small cage where his style really thrives he's a really good grinding wrestler um most of his takedowns are against the cage and from the body lock jackson's got this really reliable tools that he uses um where he'll get the body lock and he'll do that uh inside hip like kind of like uh, could be able to do variations of this too um sometimes even though he really liked it from a single to be honest but he'll get his uh, hip deep inside once he's got the body lock buried. He'll angle his hip deep inside, uh, like in between like your crotch area, taking almost lifting your leg off and getting you off balance, and will snap you down that way. And you'll either snap down or you'll take a heavy step forward, which will allow you to get a kind of rear angle that will allow a Polish kind of chain you into a Polish uh, Polish throw variation, where you're getting you know. Usman does it all the time, too, as well. He changed the deals. One, gets you to step, and two. Um, sometimes you can do that uh, and play for that second move there. Um, but, yeah, Jackson, you could tell he just goes to the same one all day. Um, Macy Chesson, I was watching her versus uh, Pennington before we got on here, and uh, she looked like she was doing it in that fight. I'm like, oh, yeah, she was training with Jackson as well. And shouts to 47 May, by the way, gym of the year. Um, article that I released since I saw you guys last as well as my prospects article big shouts to all you guys who shared that and special thanks to those who helped me with that um, but yeah Jackson has those tools whereas Dan Ige he, he is not beyond being taken down and you'll see rounds again like I pointed to with the live betting 
where he will give upwards of four minutes even of control time in a single frame. Uh, thankfully, those aren't on the back uh, for all of them. I think maybe the only one is Korean Zombie, which, again, that's Korean freaking Zombie. And the fact that he was in all those bad positions and wasn't submitted by Zombie is somewhat of a feather in the cap. Obviously, one of Ige's probably worser showings, and he didn't win the fight at the end of the day. No, no, no delusion there. But I am saying I do believe that it is a feather in the cap, you know. I mean, you know, you look at what that guy did to to Edgar. Granted, Edgar was compromised, but hey, he 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 messed up Ige with a flying knee in that fight too, and still couldn't get him out of there. Ige is just really tough to get out of there. So even if Damon Jackson does land that up front front kick that he landed on Sabatini, a shot that on paper actually could be very effective against Ige, you got again. Just because he's never been stopped doesn't mean he can't poke. Just because he's never been subbed doesn't mean he can't poke. This could very be it for Ige, you know. Maybe he gets stopped. Maybe he gets subbed. But the guy's proven time and time again, um, you know, against a lot of different guys. Top shelf guys, by the way. Top shelf finishers, even. Um, dominant fighters. Everything in between, you know, um, that he's a hard guy to finish. So, uh that plus the fact that I know he was kind of he was overtrained. It was a bad matchup that he probably shouldn't have been in. Um, it was a big underdog for a reason against Evloev, but he did make some wrestling improvements that shouldn't go overlooked. Worked with a lot of Russians on this camp. Stayed more local, but worked with a lot of American wrestlers. Um, really been hitting the strength and conditioning. Uh, really looks to be in the best shape ever, from what I can tell. I'm only seeing what you guys are. I have, again, as per usual, no inside information, nor would I. Uh, give anything that could be conceived it um, going off of stuff that's publicly accessible going through my own tape study and research and work here um, yeah it looks to be in the best shape of his life uh, you know Eric Nixick if I'm seeing things that Eric Nixick's gonna see things he's a great game planner um, uh, in that corner so it's gonna be a real interesting battle on that end you got two coaches I obviously respect coach Safe Saud uh, in one corner and you got coach obviously I respect Coach Eric Nixick in the other. Uh, two good good gyms, great gyms going at it, um, to be honest. Uh, it was a two-horse race between those two, to be honest, for the for the award. Because my bias aside, I have to state my bias, which is why I mentioned them. But also, they were nominations, Extreme Couture and, and Eric Nixick for coach. Like, pretty much all the other categories for a reason. I think they legitimately had a case. But I always have spoken with respect about Coach Safe and Fortis. Uh, so it shouldn't be a surprise that I kept that same energy and... Uh, acknowledge them for what was a good 2022. Great matchup here, folks. I'm really excited for this one. Played Ige minus 120 to put my money where my mouth is. Um, if I can't find anything, maybe I put the over and around Robin. But honestly, I'm a little bit scared of this over too. A little bit more playable. Um, a little bit more bankable in a way. Because both these guys are dogs who are going to fight for your money. Both are tough dudes. Um, over would be a great way to hedge, right? Whether you want to not pick a side or hedge slash potential bonus your side with an over i'm not going to tell you not to i just i don't want to spend the money for that kind of thing right out of the gate to start the year folks it's, it's volatile and again i've got bias lists even though i'm betting some of these fights not the main event but this one and the next one perhaps i mean i don't want to get too crazy with it right you know with anything obviously you want to show some control so the pick is going to be ege by decision but uh, I actually wouldn't be surprised if he gets a, an early knockout here with the body work and then the uppercuts and the left hook. So watch out for that. It could be an early knockout, but I'm going with Dan Ige. I'm kicking for coverage, playing the money line, and uh, I will give Damon Jackson, Coach Safe, 
and Ford has all the respect and public love like I continue to do uh, if they win so no issues there um all right uh no bang mma gym for coach of the year whaley yuri came out of that gym yeah bang was going to be one that i put honorable mention for i don't think i got around to it and uh I, I, I was looking at them for the award outright but you know what the tough part about the bang towels the tigers you know you got guys like you know volk who go to like two other gyms uh whaley who still uh jumps around at, at, at other gyms too she's got her black tiger home gym Right, I don't know how affiliated she is to Fight Ready, where Yuri has also went. You know, um, and, and I love those coaches too as well. So I definitely want to try to find a way to give them shouts. But again, if we're talking about actual accredited gyms and this and that, um, you know, it, it got narrowed down to XC and Fortis for me, uh, according to those things. Um, Punaheli Soriano minus 155, Roman Kopilov plus 135. Um, by the way, I got to figure out how to do the YouTube timestamps that people like as well. I want to try to do that. Um, I don't know if I need to like freaking just, uh, pay someone to do that or someone to teach me to do it once and then I'll update it. But, uh, feel free to hit me up if you know how to do it if, or if it annoys you, you know, maybe learn how to do it and uh, hit me up and maybe we'll, we'll figure something out. Huh? Thank you. Uh, but yeah, uh, Punahel Soriano plus, plus, uh, minus 155. Uh, copy law of plus 135. Um, obviously, I like Puna here. Um, it's going to be interesting. You know, I, I did the Southpaw report before I, I jumped on here. Uh, copy law of 0-1 against UFC level lefties. That's Carl Roberson. Um, he ate a lot of, pretty much ate a lot of leg kicks and left hands. Um, which leg kicks can happen, obviously. You get the same stance look. But left hands is always that quiet one. And we have a hard time defending it as southpaws when we get in there with another southpaw. It's one of the weirder shots is just the power left. It's just the weirdest feel. Because not just defending it, but even throwing it feels weird. Because you throw it and it lands so easy, but you feel so damn vulnerable. It's like a mind fuck. You're like, that shouldn't have been that easy. I was too vulnerable. I'm not going to be able to land it again, do I? And whether you go one... One, one, two, or maybe even just a naked two sometimes. Like, you would be surprised the success you have throwing your rear hand as a southpaw against another southpaw. And um, Roberson figured that out. Um, I also wrote down here uh, left hands, leg kicks, and cage position. Um, I don't really like Kapilov's cage position. He can get um, pushed back way too easily, uh, and he, he's too content there. And I know he's been working hard on his wrestling, and defense to scrambling has shown small improvements short as he should working with you know dudes in, in Dagestan um, but uh, and, and he did look like he worked a bit on his fast start and initiative on his last fight against DeChirico but DeChirico also looked like he was sitting back to counter too much and knew he did and, and made an immediate change um, and despite you know getting rocked by a bunch of counters um, Kapilov's defense is so pretty vacant as you could tell by his nose that you know, again, stats don't mean everything. You guys know I'm not a fan of stats, but for what it's worth, like, DeCherico is able to close the gap and significant strikes and tie him in the second round despite still probably losing it in my book, right? Um, although he was winning it toward the end of that second round, which was kind of ironic if memory serves. I did go back and watch this fight, but I've been watching a lot of fights this week, folks, as you imagine, so forgive, forgive. Um, but, yeah, against a fast starter like Puna, who, uh, you know... It's no secret. It's no inside information. Go look at 
uh, Tavares, uh, Puna, uh, Ige, all these guys, um, they know how to mix in leg and calf kicks really well um, off their lead hand. It's something uh, Eric, Sugar Ray Cepho, Sugarfoot, uh, all the coaches, you know, Nate Pettit, uh, Gifford, uh, all the coaches be drilling into the fighters, you know what I'm saying? So uh, you got to imagine Puna's going to know that that's going to be there. Uh, when it comes to, uh, is the left hand going to be there? Uh, you bet your ass it is. That is Puna's main weapon. He is just kind of a detonator, and he's got a big thing for finishes and first-round finishes. Um, so against the slow starter, I like it. Kapilov is really tough, folks. He could survive the first round. He could survive the fight. He could win the fight. You know, Puna um, is not beyond being leg-kicked himself. If you look at the Dolce fight, Dolce switches to a leg to Southpaw randomly toward the end of the first round, I want to say. And he actually surprises Puna and takes him off his feet, right? Like, Puna hasn't faced any UFC-level Southpaws, but go watch his fight with Dolce and Jamie Pickett. They're orthodox fighters, but they do show some flashes of a Southpaw stance that's interesting in that fight. Both actually um, are able to surprise Puna. Uh, Jamie, I think, I think it's more of an off-balance thing, and it's a random, like, strike off the break. So I don't know how much Southpaw, how much just surprise, how much just... I don't want to disrespect Jamie Pickett and say, oh, it was a lucky shot or anything. But, like, again, how much of that also is the fact of, is that Puna having trouble against Southpaws? Or is it the fact that he was training for Orthodox Fighters and the first time they went to Southpaw, they were able to surprise him? Because if you look, whether it's the leg kicks after that, I think Dolce may be able to hit him with, like, two, maybe three more that are partially checked because Puna actually starts getting a beat on it after that. Um, he starts uh, withdrawing, partially checking, and or countering. Uh, and even with Pickett, um, both, and both of them, in fact, uh, the finishing sequence come when both Pickett and Dolce, granted Dolce just threw a kick, granted, but there are some good looks that Puna has when Dolce does show the southpaw stance before that, but for what it's worth, ends up finishing them both, I believe, when they're in the southpaw stance, albeit briefly, albeit coming down from kicks, so have, so forth. The point is, is that there were some interesting looks, and I would argue more positive than negative, especially being that uh, Puna got the last word in those fights overall, and specifically within the exchanges where his opponent was flashing a southpaw stance. So, again, who knows? Kapilov's still young. He can maybe show some adjustments, some improvements, and maybe we see that the southpaw stance is maybe a terrible matchup for Soriano, but there's a ton of southpaws to train at, from uh, from guys like Ankolaev uh, above his weight class to below um, at Couture's. Uh, if I'm seeing, if my dumbass is seeing these things, I know his team is seeing them. Um, so I actually really like Puna a lot here, biased aside. Um, I think that he slowed down genuinely in that Pickett fight because, uh, you know, Pickett has proven like he's got one of those styles where he's kind of just avoiding damage, not like Strickland. They fight different styles, but like Strickland in the sense of can be very annoying to fight. And that was his first fight going out of the first round in his pro career almost four, five years ago now, right? First time in front of Dana White on the Contender Series, etc., right? And he gets labeled off, I think, as gassing um, in the uh, Allen fight, which is just a bad look, not, a, uh, not, a, uh, not having adjustments and taking massive body shots. You know, so I don't know how much it was him gassing in that fight. I think it was more just him not adjusting. It was a really bad look, not, not, not denying that. But 
the real bad look, I think that he gets unfairly bad looked is the Nick Maximoff fight. You guys already know what I feel about that fight. By the way, by the way, um, speaking of fights like uh, Danny Sabatello, right, that are getting judged like it's a, by Doug Crosby, like it's a 2009 fight. Um, 2009 scoring in that fight, right? Went to MMA decisions. Sure enough, Doug Crosby, baby. Doug Crosby, 30-27, um, I believe, or some bullshit score or whatever uh, for uh, Maximoff. Just horrible. Fucking horrible. Um, and again, he slows down in that fight, but he slows down because he pops his knee in the first round. That's why he slowed down. It wasn't gas. Uh, Puna looks like, you know, from uh, water work, conditioning, weights, everything, cardio. Um, the dude looks like he's been really working his conditioning. Just an insane athlete. Um, I took Puna at what is a discounted line because he actually opened minus 170. I thought more money would come in on him, but money has actually come in on the Russian uh, who's traveling. He's not even doing the transplant. I trained an American top team thing. He hasn't done it before, still hasn't. Not that that makes a difference. Not that there's obviously not great talent in Dagestan. I'm just saying for what that's worth, the man is traveling. Money's still coming in on him, though. So I took the discounted line. I know I'm biased, but I put... 1.55 uh, units uh, to, for a unit return to kick for coverage. But I also, I don't know if this will be on my prop squad if I don't find anything else, but it does qualify. Um, even the round one, depending where you look. If you just want to take Puna in round one a shot, I think you could find that uh, north of plus 300. But I took the plus 450 uh, number uh, over there on Bet Online for Puna round one KO. I just put um, a quarter unit on that for over a unit return if that hits, you know. God willing, both hit, right? And then we're, we're, we're I think we're up on the night, uh, depending, you know, if I add anything or not. We, we, we will see, folks. Uh, again, obviously I'm biased, but I did go through and do the homework on this one. And uh, yeah, man, I really like Puna. I really feel like I'd be making this exact same bet if I didn't have the bias that I do. All right, next fight. Uh, Ketlin Vieira, minus 120. Raquel Pennington, plus 100. Just finished taping this one. Um, I always do this with Raquel Pennington. She goes against some physical athlete, like an uh, someone big for the division, whether it's big, like tall and physical, like Chesson, or large and physical, however you want to put it, uh, for Lad. Um, uh, you know, uh, who else did she fight? That was a uh, very physical. Um, obviously, Nunez is another level. Kianzad, very physical, who I'm very high on, by the way. Um, so that was an impressive one, albeit that being. Uh, one of the closer fights of her recent ones. Renault, older but physical as uh, her things. And when I look at it, I'm like, oh, these girls could make it ugly and this and that. And and Kianzad showed some of that with her clinch savvy, underrated again. Um, obviously, that's Chesson's game and Lad's game. But what I'm always reminded of is Pennington is how she just has, you know, we think about her boxing game, which is great, and we'll get to that in a second. Uh, it's for her division, right? Uh, but um, is that how difficult she is to deal with in the clinch and that even when she, people do score takedowns, most of that control time, it usually comes within the clinch. And again, she can be a slow starter a bit. Uh, she can relinquish a little more time than you or her, even her corner would like, like in that first round of the Kian's ad fight. But if you look at it, she's really just getting her feel and quietly getting the better of it with the body knees that are, again, even when your back's up against the cage, those body knees um, are super heavy there. Again, Adesanya... Uh, Pareda, right? Like I, I preach about these things all the time, and they can be real momentum shifters, and they were um, in the in the Shayson fight as well. Um, 
just for more off-the-top references of that body work, baby. And uh, Pennington works the body from the inside. She uh, hooks off her jabs and changes the levels of the hook to the body or to the head. Um, again, knees in the clinch. She's really hard to deal with in there. And even though everybody was really... That was one of the more butthurt decisions of last year, which I found it odd. Like, I understood the O'Malley and Jan, something like that, much more than I understood the outrage of Holm versus Vieira. And I picked and I bet home, folks, in that fight. And uh, I thought, you know, maybe I, maybe you know, part of me thought I would get some good karma, being like, you know, again, I'm not, I'm once again not using the R word. Dan Tom does not use the robbery word, and you know, even though I could have jumped on the train, which was oddly loud for home, um, I did not, folks. I did not. Um, and I'm like, you know what? Because maybe part of me thought, you know, I'm sure, I'll, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll get. I'm sure this just means I'll I'll have some good close decisions come my way in 2022. <clears throat> Sorry, Hans, wrong guess, but it's okay. I'm not being negative or salty about it. We left that in 2022, folks. Uh, hopefully, we can actually get a little more of those in 2023, which would be nice. Uh, more of the right ones, uh, the ones that are on our side, I should say. But yeah, I didn't feel too strongly about this one. Um, you know, uh, I did feel though, however, back on stay on target, uh, that home could have made much more of a difference. If she did more strikes while she was in the clinch, she was making sure she was scoring from those positions, right? And that is something, again, even when my Pennington's back, which you don't want her back to, to the fence, but still, even when her back is to the fence, um, she is good about Even when her opponent is also trying to strike and or actively score takedowns, like Macy or Panny or even Aspen, right? Whereas Vieira, one of the things that made me hard to pick her against home, if you go back and read my analysis, is that... Um, which I had to go refresh myself, is that she's just kind of lackadaisical. She's a little too opportunistic for my liking. You know? It's not that she doesn't have the athleticism. Is that she doesn't use it as consistently as a Nunez, nor do I believe is it even on the Nunez level, right? Uh, so um, I, I actually am going to go with Pennington here, and I'm not alone, and the dog money is closing. She opened at plus 120. You can still find plus money. I just lady unit again folks speaking of close decisions that tend to not go my way they tend to be female fights usually in the straw weight division which again if you listen to podcasts at the couchside judges will tell you that is the where the most discrepancy happens amongst judges that's important information for you better is you got to know what you're getting into and albeit this be bantamweight not straw weight i am willing to guess i'm sure scott or dan could correct me I'm willing to guess women's bantamweight has is 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 in the top three if not for sure in the top five of uh, most contentious decisions uh, or split decisions, right, so to speak. So I know what I'm getting myself into. We could be getting ourselves into the classic Dan Tom. We're picking the more experienced fighter, the more technical fighter, the fighter with the stylistic edge, the fighter that works the body and even the legs more, right? We know we we know what this is a recipe for. We're we're making that classic mistake of picking the better fighter who probably should win and may maybe will outright win without getting the actual decision. Um, and so I, I, I'm not going to cry about it. I know what I'm getting myself into, folks. You don't have to follow me off that cliff. But uh, I did get Pennington for plus 105, one unit. That's all I'm going to do. Maybe if there's this is a real slim picking card, it's not sexy, the number or the pick. But maybe I throw Pennington um, if I don't like any other dogs in the round robin just as a money line. You know, and I, I throw, I'll probably throw a Puna KO, which isn't a great line. You're only getting like plus 120 to plus 150, maybe max on it. But again, that'll probably be in the round robin. Um, I don't know what else will be. Spoiler alert, folks. Um, I didn't go much deep past this fight, so hopefully the rest of this breakdown and show will be short. 
And again, at Dan Tom MMA for fight day, where I share my quick picks and prognostications article, where you'll see if I ended up picking the minus 900 favorite. Umar, Umar, Umar's coming. Umar, uh, over Hayoni Barcelos. And then what other plays I, uh, I have, you'll have to, again, go to at Dan Tom MMA on fight day, where I post all my picks and my plays, uh, for what I end up coming up with, including my what what ends up on my prop squad. Maybe it's that poon around one. Maybe I find something better, something sexier. Who knows? You guys do know that uh, I am transparent. Uh, my analysis at least connects to something, whether it's right or wrong. And I put my money where my mouth is, whether it's right or wrong. And for better or worse, mainly worse, I'm honest with you guys. The very least I can say that, which is the point I was trying to get, get through earlier. So, yeah. Um... I got pangs in here. Who's by the way training with like top talents like Miranda Maverick, or uh, you know, look, Lucky Lauren Murphy. Um, so uh, some really good uh, training stable down there in Denver. Elevation. So uh, let me clean up this uh, chat before we uh, push on and jump through, cut through the rest of the card. Uh, James Kendrick. I know Ige trains with Nixick and Jack Slack said this. But he continues to come into fights with bad game plans, which is weird since Nick is a smart coach. Nick disrespect Ige since he's super talented. Um, yeah, I've heard that, that criticism for some Ige fights too. I definitely can't defend that um, that uh, Korean zombie performance. But again, I'm not saying this because it's Eric Nixick, but like it, it doesn't matter who's in there. It could be my guy, could be your guy, could be anyone's air quotes guy in the corner it's ultimately up to the fighter you can have the best game plan in the world and it doesn't matter you know it's it's you know you can make the adjustments and give them the technical advice um if the fighter's not going to do it you know or if they can't do it for whatever reason mental trigger physical trigger uh injury whatever like there's only so much you can do so it's great you know when it goes through and you know uh eric definitely takes the l you know, he definitely doesn't deflect it onto his fighter, so I'm definitely not trying to deflect for him or any other coach. But I have said this with other coaches in my defense, so I am keeping that same energy and encourage you all to do that. Um, yeah, you're more than welcome to have whatever opinion on that. I've heard others, uh, aside from Jack, have that opinion. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, for Ige, I feel like, to me, honestly, I feel like he's overachieved from expectations that I initially had of him. Um, so maybe it's that, including the um, whatever extreme couture biases there. He's not a guy I know, I text, I hang out with. So none of those you know biases are playing into my analysis here, folks. But yeah, there is an inherent bias. Um, I don't know. I, I I see an improving fighter. Um, that Bactic fight was a really good one. You look at the adjustments, you can tell they had a good game plan anti-grappling strikes, certain things that you're hearing both broadcasters and other teams kind of use similar language. And uh, it's stuff that, uh, you know, uh, he, you know, the same stuff he was credited with Ningano doing. I've seen him use similar game plans in the same languaging uh, with Ige before those Ningano performances. So I guess I would encourage people to keep the same energy with that as well, but teach their own. Um... Ghost Phantom, if Damon Jackson likes to dip as you say, shouldn't the one body from, uh, from Nix's system work nicely for Ige? Absolutely it should. It absolutely should. Again, there's no way that Nixick or most coaches wouldn't see what I'm talking about here. Again, uh, forget Nixick. I, I, I just feel like this is a more obvious opening. And Coach Safe, 
in return is a, is a smart coach who, you know, again, you're going to tell me Coach Shave doesn't can't predict, you know, where, where, where they're going to go and doesn't know his own fighters on top of that. I'm sure he does, but if Damon Jackson goes out there and shells like he always does in fights and shows some of the body openings and uppercuts that he's always shown in fights, are you really going to go and blame Coach Shave for it? Like, again... Not you know they win as a team they lose as a team. I'm not saying uh, no one should not take accountability. That's not what I'm saying. But I mean, how much at the same how, same time, how much of the blame are we really putting you know on a coach for fighters being who they are? Is what I'm saying. No matter the team, right? So uh, defending the opposite side there hypothetically as well to kind of prove my point a bit to help that. But uh, but yeah 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 we'll see. Um, da, da, da. Oh, bang towels. Oh, yeah, I answered that. There are no robberies, Dan, just close fights and Duran versus Torres. That's right, baby. Duran versus Torres. Never let that one go. Uh, Jerry Harper, what's up, Dan? Thought I would dip in here um, at the end, ready to get your year going right. Literally about to bet my house on Danny Gale. Oh, carefully. Maybe home on Sunday morning. Well, I hope he comes through for your sake. I'm only betting a unit, man. And, uh,. And uh, only doing it, um, I don't want to throw my math off because I am going to be trying to uh, actually track both using the Action Network app and then as well as my own spreadsheet tracking. Shout out to my guy TB Scouting from the Chronic Combat Conversations podcast who you should check out. He's going to help me um, help me uh, devise some systems uh, that he uses. Uh, but yeah, uh, Jerry Harper, well, look who Ige is losing to as of late. Yep. Uh, no game plan can win. The other fighter is just better sometimes. Yeah, there's that too, right? How about sometimes the other fighter is better too, right? Like there's, again, not trying to do the Apu and fucking take bullets or whatever. They're big boys. Uh, Eric, Dan, all them, they, <laughs> they're in the, the gym taking harder knocks than any, 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 anyone like me or you guys can give them online with our opinions. So uh, it's, it's fine. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's all good, folks. But yeah, uh, next fight. Um, I'll build these quick because again, I didn't do a tape study on the rest of these. I will obviously be doing Hanio Bar- Barcelos plus one sixty five, Umar uh, minus nine seventy five, which opens the main card. Smart choice. Bantamweight action. Obviously, going to be leaning toward Umar, but uh, I'm going to be looking toward maybe there's a reason to take the underdog. It feels like you know, you don't have to. You could do blind value in a sprinkle on Hione. I don't think anybody can give you shit. At those lines, these are very talented fighters here um, in the small cage, folks. So that line just seems all sorts of bananas. So I'm looking forward to jumping in that. Maybe there's some kind of contrarian prop. I don't know. I Usually things when are that wide, they've been picked apart. It's like there's a party going on and no one wants to miss it. So they just come in like crows and peck everything apart, right? So we'll see. Uh, we got Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, minus 105. Did he open as the favorite? No. Minus 115 over Claudia Ribeiro. Open minus 105. So it just did a slight flip. Did a complete line flip. Yes, but minus 115, minus 105, a complete line flip, which is not a big one. Uh, Mateus Rebecki, one of the only southpaws on here. Minus 740 against short notice replacement Nick Fior, who I believe is from the New England cartel. Fightly, he doesn't have uh, New England cartel. Uh he doesn't have any uh, UFC fighters slash UFC southpaws that he's fought on his record, and the UFC fighters that he trains with in his stable from thinking of the right guy means he trains with Cater and Font, who aren't southpaws and don't fight from that stance really often. So that'll be interesting. 
Javid Basharat, who's listed at Orthodox, but will go southpaw. He's fighting Mateusz Mendoka. I uh, probably mispronounced that. I don't even think or know if that's the original matchup. Does not surprise me to see Javid uh, as a big favorite. Uh, he's been really diligent about his trips to Extreme Couture. I've seen him around for sure. Alan Nascimento, big favorite over Carlos Hernandez. Um, I don't know if that's a short notice matchup or not, or they're just lacking flyweights, which often is the case. So you're just going to get some wide matchups here and there. And Nascimento, deceptively experienced, uh, much better than he's been given respect for. So seeing this correction of the steering wheel, perhaps not surprising at all. Maybe even less surprising once I actually look at the tape, Dan. So, uh, yeah, not disagreeing with any of these favorites thus far, but no real strong opinions. Again, folks, as I make my way through here, make sure you check at Dan Tom MMA on Fight Day to see where I end up. Dan Argetta, minus 520 Southpaw over fellow Southpaw Nick Aguirre. Aguide, I don't know how to pronounce it. He is stepping in last minute, eh? Plus 410 is his number. Southpaw versus Southpaw matchup, but... Neither of them has faced UFC-level lefties. Dan Argetta lost to Ricky Tercios. His only other pre-UFC fight from Damon Jackson, who will also switch stances. But uh, neither of those fighters are dedicated southpaws. So again, the southpaw report is, that I posted at Dan Tom MMA that I will be doing from here on out as well, folks. Um, really light this week. Really light this week. So not much to garner from that. Uh, a fight that I will be looking to, to jump into even though I don't have to write it up, is Charles Johnson, minus 350, Jimmy Flick, plus 290. Big line movement, and with everything, with these big lines and big line movement, you can't help. I don't blame anybody for putting on their tinfoil hats, going, what's going on here? Is this crowd's back in action? Or whatever they're saying on, on these streets these days. Um, but I think it's more of a case of realizing that Jimmy Flick, uh, you know, I bet against him his last one, but I think people are realizing, you know, flying triangles aren't exactly a high percentage path to victory. And, or highly replicable, all respect to Jimmy Flick. Plus, he's coming off of this big layoff. You don't know where he's been. Uh, listen to an, a great great interview, uh, as there are many. Uh, no surprise. Shout out to my guy, Aaron Bronstead of the TSN MMA show. Um, Jimmy Flick sounds like he hadn't been training at all. Got up to like 160 pounds, which is, you know, sizable for a flyweight. Uh, I'm definitely not hating it. I don't have the room to talk. Hitting the beers, not the... Uh, not the uh, celebrating any USADAS, things like that. I think people figured that out, figured out that Charles Johnson, despite taking a fight against a good guy on short notice and being gifted uh, a fight by decision, close fight, but let's be honest. Again, I was more, even though I was 30-27 Gordon, I was more sympathetic on round one to Patty, even though I felt that was, as well, the wrong score and not how I scored it live or after the fact, but... I did credit it being closer than I thought because of leg kick, something that is not often credited, even by those out there making the arguments, even by those pros taking the seats. Uh, you don't hear often arguments for the leg or body um, sometimes So from people So um, in general. So, uh, yeah. Um, so it's like, yes, for that round and like a thousand other rounds, we can genuinely give someone the round credit off their leg kicks. But how many of those rounds do people want off leg kicks do they have their guy like limping and stomping their leg back into working? I don't know, but apparently that was the clearest round that, that, that uh, you know, uh, Charles uh, Johnson won against Jaugaz Jumagulov, who again just has notoriously gets fucked over because he counters and he goes to the body and legs. 
and he has like uh, he has that Kazakh Jim Norton face where he looks like he's constantly scared because he looks like Jim Norton. You know, referee Tim Mills had that same problem. Go back and watch that. R.I.P. Anthony Johnson versus Tommy Spear. Uh, UFC Fight Night 13. Take a shot, old school listeners. Uh, replay. Uh, Tim Mills. Like, if you have a face like Jim Norton, you just naturally look scared, just like me. If you've got big jowls like fucking Gomi, you can be. I can be out of shape right now, or I can be in shape like I was like a month ago, folks. And you can't tell the fucking difference. You know, some people's faces just have a fucking face to it. Some people always look smart when they're stupid. Some people always look stupid when they're maybe not so stupid, right? Um, there is something to that, you know, and, and, and again, to the optics of getting flurried on with a high guard when you're actually blocking stuff. Anyways, knowing that, I definitely want to go in to try to cut through, you know, everyone's going one way or the other, or they banana, banana, or they slingshotted one way and, and or rubber banded the other. You know me, and not some centrist bullshit, but just, just for the sake of it, I want to try to, you know, want to, fi- want to try to find the center of this pie. So I definitely wouldn't be looking into that fight. But uh, yeah, I definitely am not disagreeing with the line movement or the favorite. Do not be surprised to me pick Charles Johnson. Regardless, uh, Priscilla Cachoeira plus 200, Sajara Eubanks minus 240. Um, I haven't looked into this fight. Don't disagree, nor am I surprised with the favorite. Curious where this opened up. Sarge, not really uh, too trustworthy. Minus 160, some more money coming in on her. Wow. Um, yeah, it, it, it feels like it's a dog or pass territory from a betting perspective. And in fact, with Sarge known to get tired, although I believe it's going to be at 135, so she's not cutting the weight, so maybe less of an angle here. But uh, if she gets tired, I don't know, maybe if she gets tired in 135 fights, maybe you play, you sprinkle in like cash away to round three or round one and three or something and stay away. I don't know, probably better staying away. Don't listen to me. I haven't looked into the fight. Who knows what I'll even pick on that one. Again, at Dan Tom MMA on fight day. Going to clean up the chat here before we get out of there. Again, thank you again, MixedMarshallAnalyst.com for secure PayPal links as well as click-throughs for Amazon on it, which we read through earlier. At Dan Tom MMA, as you see on the screen here, 2-4. Um, uh, as far as, uh, stop doing the creepy thumb thing, Dan. Just, just, just point there. Hitchhike thumb. The ways of the road. Uh, at Dan Tom MMA, my link tree, you can find uh, the secure PayPal link there if you want to support this here free show. You can always do the super chats. Uh, you can always do the super thanks after the fact, even if you're watching this after it's been broadcasted. Uh, monetized now on the YouTube channel, Daniel Tom MMA, for those of you listening in audio in the future, future on Apple Podcasts, where five star ratings and reviews are very helpful. Again, I'm gonna come with the Stitcher and the SoundCloud. I haven't, I haven't had time for much uh, to, to, on, on the break. It hasn't been much of a break in the MMA space. Um, and again, anybody is good about timestamps, want to educate me on those, uh, and or want to take over converting the Protecting Neck Podcast Library to Stitcher and SoundCloud, and want to get uh, actually paid for it because I would not have it any other way. Hit me up because uh, I'm getting that desperate at this point. Uh, so we're gonna clean up the chat before we get out of here and recap our picks and plays. All right, we got uh, Ghost Phantom. Barcelo's very sharp, counter-striking, and good single leg. Could that give Umar some trouble if he goes forward? I think more the counter-striking than the single leg. I mean, not to sound reductive or obvious, but yes, wrestling with that crew, uh, not going to see a lot of success. Um, Using his wrestle to successfully scramble or capitalize on a hurt opponent, though, that's a different story, right? Then it comes in very much handy, but I suggest... The counter striking more so. 
I were in the Barcelos corner. Um, Prince of Mischief. Carlston Harris will fight Ramiz Brahimaj at UFC Vegas 69. Thank you for that, Prince of Mischief. I don't know if that's official, but if it is, I'll, I'll, I'll come back and give you credit. This isn't the show to break news. I'm not known for it, so I definitely am not going to take any credit for that or pump that out, but appreciate you sharing, if that's true. Jerry Harper. I am playing Flick by round one sub. Point two. That, that seems like the way to play Flick if you're going to play him, you know? Round one sub, you know what I'm saying? Um, and that's another thing, too. Like, if I, by the way, if I end up liking that fight, don't be surprised to see something on the round robin. If for whatever reason I like Flick, it's going to be like Flick by sub in that round robin. And if I like Johnson, like I think I'm going to like, I'm honestly going to be looking to see if round two or round three has more quietly of a decent chance than one might think. And maybe that can be the wild big number flyer because as you can see from the two slash possible three options that I teased and we'll recap again here on the show not very sexy numbers so I am probably going to need something big and random right so uh, James Kendrick Santino DeFranco said that Sarge gets gassed after her first blast double something we should look at yeah I guess you're reading my mind there it's something that I'm going to be look at and I just said but you uh, definitely uh, are thinking uh, unilaterally to me there down here in the chat if I use the right word correctly Jerry Harper, I'm a big fan of Basharat. Yeah, me too. Saturday, can you recommend a parlay piece with him you might like? Yeah, I don't know about parlay piece. I mean, uh, yeah, I guess he'd be a decent parlay piece. I haven't looked into any of these other fights, to be honest, man. Um, I wouldn't parlay uh, Imavov. Again, it should be Strickland or, or Pass there, in my opinion. Uh, I'm playing Ige and Puna, but those aren't parlays unless you want to parlay them both together because you'll get a decent number and can do one of those Hawaiian parlay or whatever theme parlays if that's your game. Even I avoided that uh, for what it's worth. Uh, even though I played those gentlemen, Umar obviously Umar obviously way too high. Um, yeah, and other than that, you're not really getting trusted name. I guess Alan Nascimento gun in my head. Uh, and then maybe you look at the Ch Charles Johnson and Dan Argreta because I like Dan Argreta. Uh, I like what I just I just recently watched him against Damon Jackson. I really liked him in a losing effort. Again, he's fighting a guy on short notice, who I haven't looked at. But yeah, I would look at uh, those four kind of listed in a row there. I think you might be able to dig out some plus money there if that's your thing. Not saying to do it, just saying off the top of my head. We'll see where I end up. I may not end up there, right? You never know. Got to go at Dan Tom and May. How possible is it, Ige subs Jackson? Um, it is possible. Uh, the fact that, uh, you know, Ige could get to his back and it's going to be like a, the way I see it is either from a body shot early or if he doesn't uh, knock him out or maybe he breaks him down and if he's really winning the wrestling, like a Taporia versus Mitchell, he gets to the back position and either pounds him out or goes for the RNC. Because if you look at um, his TKOs to his submissions, they all come from that uh, on the ground at least. Obviously, he's got like standing ones against like Tucker. Um, but they all come from that grounded uh, back mount position. Um Jackson doesn't give it up easily, but Jackson can be out-wrestled, as we saw um, with Mirsad Bektich, who isn't a huge back-taker, but um, got to back-exposure positions and was able to force back-exposure positions. I wouldn't think it's that likely if you want to take a cheeky stab, and I guess I don't blame you. Uh, but, yeah, feel free to do that. My man Tony, Anthony, Anthony C. Super. Oh, thank you, sir. Uh, pair character looking himself self in the mirror saying thanks for being you with hearts popping out of his eyes oh thank you mr tony i appreciate you and good luck to you sir another uh fellow uh gambler gambling homie out there on the streets who i always uh, am happy when he does well 
you were thinking Nascimento too. Hey, great minds think alike there. First point seventeen flyer on me. Yeah, my man. Point seventeen you flyer. Maybe I should have done that for Puna. I got greedy and I wanted that unit returned, so I ended up going with a quarter unit, which is the max you'd want to put on a method round prop, anyways. Um, but yeah, you know me. There's gonna be some point seventeens coming. I'm gonna think of you. The first one will be for you, Tony, that we got um, for sure. All right, guys, recapping and getting out of here now. All right. Uh, starting from the top, taking Imavov over Strickland. Oh, I feel like it's a dogger pass from a betting perspective. Uh, not very confident in that pick for what it's worth. Taking Ige over Jackson. I know I have bias, but despite my bias, I am playing Ige. I think there's a possible live opportunity. May put the over in a round robin for a chalk uh, anchor, which is not sexy or secure. But, hey, those are my thoughts. Puna Heli Soriano taking uh, Puna over Kapilov. Uh, bias included. Uh, putting my money where my mouth is. Putting 1.5 units uh, compared to the 1.25 I did on Ige for minus 125. That's right, 1.55 units, I should say, on Puna's minus 155 for that unit return. Also put the quarter unit that I just talked and teased about uh, on Puna round 1 KO plus 450. Uh, Puna KO, whatever measly plus number I can get it at, uh, will more than likely be in my round robin. Uh, as well with Pennington, who I took straight up at plus 105. Uh, I'll be taking her over Vieta. I know what I'm getting myself into, but hey, it's, uh, so far is it the only dog pick I have? Possibly. We'll see if I like the big dog Barcelos, but probably taking Nermaga Madoff over Barcelos. Check at Dan Tom MMA on fight day. Check my quick picks and prognostications for a little more on this matchup over at MMAJunkie.com where you can find my in-depth main event breakdown. Taking... We'll probably be taking, um, I don't know who I'll take in Al Hassan versus Ribeiro. Again, check at Dan Tom MMA on Fight Day. I don't want to mislead you. Probably be taking Rebecca. I liked him, the Southpaw of Contender Series, and his opponent, Nick Fiore. Although I do like his team, New England Cartel. Uh, again, taking this on short notice. Uh, we'll probably be taking Basharat um, at, against Mendoza. Uh, apologies for mispronouncing the name. We'll, we'll most likely be taking Nascimento over Hernandez. Still got to go check there. So, again, check with me on fight day at Dan Tom MMA for our final picks on this last stretch. Again, probably taking our ghetto over the short notice Nick Aguirre. Aguirre? Am I pronouncing A? I don't know, but check me on a fight day. Probably taking Charles Johnson, but who knows? Maybe there's Jimmy Flick, and if I do pick Jimmy Flick, don't be surprised to see a sub-flyer both taking a stab straight up and in the round robin, or if I end up on Johnson, like I suspect, maybe there's some round two or round three flyers in that round robin. Who knows? Got to still look into the fight, along with Cashueta versus Eubanks, which I'm not even going to dare venture a pick. So that's what I got. Uh, best of luck to you in 2023 too, Anthony, Tony, and the rest of y'all. I appreciate you guys so much. Again, at the PYN Podcast on all social platforms, like, share, follow. I don't pollute it, I promise. At Dan Tom MMA on Twitter is where I'm most active if you want to find me. MixedMartialAnalyst.com, the website, my website that supports this year podcast. You can go there for Amazon or on it click throughs. All you do is click through the link and through no extra clicks after that, through no cents charged to you extra. Whatever you uh, purchase, a small percentage of that purchase will be kicked back to this year program and it helps a lot. Also on MixedMartialAnalyst.com, you can find secure PayPal link. Just like you can find in my link tree at Dan Tom MMA on Twitter if you want to donate to this free show this way. 
It's a lot of a lot of shadiness out there, folks. A lot of scammers. A lot of people not doing business the right way. I won't always be right. Uh, you should never blindly side with me. You should never always agree with me. But what I can guarantee you is I'm going to be as honest as I can. I'm going to work as hard as I can for you as I've done so. And I've kept that same energy for over half a decade now for free and will continue to do so. And for that, I am proud. So until next time, protect 